When wine is on trial, the gossip is dishy. The judges are drunk. The verdicts are random. So random. This is True Crimes Against Wine. Can you imagine being that wealthy and having that much access to anything you want and you, because of your position, feel like you have to walk around in super ugly, ill-fitting skirt suits (laughs) all the time? Welcome to another episode of True Crimes Against Wine, Champagne Edition. I am Judge Rachel. I'm Judge Topher. Rachel is going to be our royal correspondent today. Yes, and Topher is going to take us through the very fancy vineyards today. Call me Jancis. All right, I will call you Jancis. (laughs) All right, so today we are doing a Mitteld Traditionnel. Ooh. Brut. Chandon. Ooh. This is coming from California. So what that means. <laughs> yes. Is it is a sparkling wine. Okay. That is made in the same method as champagne is. Okay. You cannot call it a champagne because it's it, yeah, okay. because it has to be from the champagne region. region. So yeah. you have the method traditional or cremant will okay. be the other name for that. Mm-hmm. For a, that's usually a French wine that's made outside of the champagne region, but using the champagne method. Okay, fair enough. And we've talked about making champagne before and Mm -hmm. how it goes through secondary fermentation in the Mm -hmm. bottle, and that's Mm -hmm. where you get those really, really tight bubbles. Ooh, Ooh, sounds like a party. It is a party. Not an unqueefing this time. No. And I'm also excited because we're we're using your grandmother's glasses again. Yes. And I love to drink champagne out of a champagne coupe glass. Yes. So... Um, as we have talked about before, oh, thank you. We are not using those skinny champagne glasses. We are using mm-hmm. the preferred traditional coupe glasses. Yes. And the reason for that is that it's easier for us to taste and smell mm-hmm. with that mm-hmm. because you've got a wider surface area versus mm-hmm. when you're trying to taste with a champagne flute. Mm-hmm. Basically, all you're getting is a nose full of fizz and mist. Which can be fun. It can be fun, but you can't really get like any notes from it. So anytime you're drinking, especially like maybe an upper tier sparkling Mm -hmm. wine, Mm -hmm. I would encourage you to use either a coupe glass or even a regular wine glass Mm. because it'll open the flavors up more. You don't, you just don't really get anything other than the tickle on your tongue Mm. if you're drinking out of a champagne flute. Fair enough. Cheers. Cheers. Cool. I want to try that again. I want okay. to see if we can get the really nice. Yeah. Okay, Hold here it we from go. the bottom here. Oh god, I'm gonna spill it. It's gonna slosh all over your boots. Okay, it probably will. Yeah, that's, that's better. A better. Yeah. All right. Oh, sorry. Don't make me put the shock collar on you again. <laughs> put me in the stocks, you will. <laughs> okay, so bubbly. <laughs> it does not smell bubbly. But um, bubbles got in my nose, okay. so there You're you go. You're not supposed to stick your nose into the liquid. You weren't specific enough. Okay. Uh, right away, I'm getting that bready mm-hmm. sort of thing that champagne's mm-hmm. known for, and that's yeah. because of the secondary fermentation that's inside the bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I'm also getting citrus, like lemon. Maybe some apple. Okay, I'm like not... juicy yellow apple or I'm green apple. I'm not getting that in the smell. I'm just getting the breadiness to the smell. That's weird because I'm like super stopped up and you're completely fine. Well, we know my palate is not good, Topher. That's that's 
palate is what you're tasting. But my do you nose have, Do you connects. have a palate in your... Listen, first of all, you don't know my nose. I don't know you. I've not been up there. That's true. There you go. <laughs> all right. I'll let you taste now. Okay. Thank you. Mmm. Mm. <laughs> I, I can kind of get the apple taste yeah. a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's more fruit forward than I was expecting. Okay. The traditional French champagnes, I think you're going to get a little bit more of that bready or yeastiness. Mm -hmm. Right off the bat, with the fruit being on the back end, this mm -hmm. is reversed. Mm. It is California, though, sure. and oftentimes the New World styles will be a bit more fruit forward. Obviously, okay. the climate's also a little bit different, too. Sure. So kind of this is more of what you would expect taste-wise from a California sparkling wine. I've not had a lot of California sparklings that are made in a champagne style just okay. because... I prefer French. <laughs> Fair. Honestly. Fair enough. Um, no good reason other than that. Okay. Um, but if you compare it to other, like, French varietals that mm -hmm. have been made in California, mm -hmm. yes, I would say that that's kind of on par. They do tend okay. to be a little bit more fruit forward. Okay. So well, this is delightful so far. It's got really tight bubbles to it. <laughs> I was going to ask you about the bubble tightness. Yeah, the bubble tightness is great. Okay. What else are you getting? Definitely, like you said, the apple, mm -hmm. but it's a little bit more of like, whereas on the nose to me, it was the kind of juicy flesh of the apple. Mm. This is more like apple peel. Okay. Yeah. To me, apple skin. Mm -hmm. I am getting like sweet lemon. Not like quite. A, like a Meyer lemon. Kind yeah. Of? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I can see that. It yeah. Does the have wine a itself bit... isn't sweet, but. No, but it has a little bit of that like citrusy yeah. vibe to the taste. I'll tell you this. I would tell really. Me. <laughs> I would really enjoy sitting, like, on a flagstone patio oh. overlooking, like, the cliffs of Carmel by the oh, sea yes. in Northern California drinking this. Don't yes. you feel like that would be a wonderful pairing yeah, and for this? Yeah, and we're clothed in, like, rich creams and topes. Yes. Yeah. We've got With a, a lot of, like... statement necklace. Right? So, like, we've got, like, our diamond tennis bracelet on from yes. our mm -hmm. husband. From the last time that he cheated. Right, because we're, like, the third wife, so we know what we're getting into. Yeah, honestly, as long as I'm getting the diamonds, I don't really give a we're shit. We're good, and we've got our wine. Yeah. <laughs> and the Oceanside Views. Reminds me of one of my friends. Her aunt was cheated on <gasps> by her wealthy husband, mm. and everybody in the family was like, oh my God, why are you standing for this? Why don't you just divorce him? Mm -hmm. And she was like, divorce him? If I divorce him, I only get half. In 10 to 12 years, I get everything. <laughs> and I was like, cheers to that, auntie. Playing the long game. That is the Love energy it. that we're looking for yeah. here. I'm assuming he was significantly older than she was. Is she just like waiting out his <clears throat> death? Not significantly, significantly, okay. but maybe like by a good 10 years or so. Enough. And she knew his lifestyle. So she was like, you're not making it far past like 65, 70. She's like, I'm going to wait it out. I'll yeah, take my chances. I'll take my chances. It's okay. Fine. Well, good for her. Mm -hmm. mm. All right. So there's a lot for us to talk about today. There is. So let's reveal our celebrity or celebrities. Yeah. And then we'll very briefly just explain the connection of the okay. wine. Yeah, because we need to establish that. Yeah. So we are talking about the royal family, the House of Windsor specifically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not the Mexican royal family no. from mm -mm. the 1800s. Absolutely not, no. And not the Laotian nope. royal family. Mm -mm. No. 
All England, baby. (laughs) (laughs) So what is the connection between them and this? Okay. So the royal family, and not a lot of people know this, but the royal family actually has their own vineyard and winery in the south of England along the coast. Like Cornwall Coast? Yeah. West Coast? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. And they grow champagne grapes there. So Mm. uh, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, and Pinot Meunier Mm -hmm. are the three grapes that go into a champagne. And they make their own Champenoise-style wine that they both use in their own palaces and homes for their wine collection. But they also sell it um, as part of, you know, their different commercial ventures. Mm -hmm. So I had looked into getting some because we've been wanting to talk about the royal family for quite some time. Probably since the beginning of last season we've been talking about. Honestly, yeah. And then, of course, you know, the queen died and we were like, we're going to give it some time. Yeah. Be respectful. Yeah. Before we reach out to King Charles. Right. <laughs> so I looked into getting some of that wine that is the royal wine. Mm-hmm. And I think it's always been kind of expensive, but I mm-hmm. think since the passing of the queen, mm-hmm. it's really sought after now as like a yeah. collector's kind of thing. Sure. And I was like, we cannot afford that. And also, I don't really want to give the royal family more money than they already have. I will say, if somebody out there is listening and, one, you can afford it and you don't mind giving them your money, yeah. to you. Fax it to us. Send, yeah, we'll drink it. We are not opposed to profiting. No. <laughs> off of the royal family in any way. We just don't want to put our own money into right. it. Right. Exactly. That's an so, important ethical distinction that we are willing to make. Yeah, right. <laughs> Listen, we have a we have a very strong ethical code. Sure. It's unbreakable. Sure. And that is if it benefits us, cool. We'll probably do it. Yeah. So I yeah. didn't want to give my money, but I did yeah, wanna fair. I did wanna drink something that was not a French champagne sure. in order to still have that connection. Right. So I was like, well, let's get a wine from where Harry and Meghan live. Yeah, and they, so they this live is, in California. Yeah, Why so not? this is from yeah. the same area that they live in. Nice. And uh, we're, we're pulling out, like, cool California royals today. Yeah. Yeah, so why not? We're having fun. We're drinking. We're going to talk some hot gossip. Yeah, so how do you want to get this conversation started? So let's talk about the very brief, I'm not going to go into a ton of details, but the history. So starting in 1100. With the signing of the Magna Carta. (laughs) No, so when we talk about the House of Windsor, Mm -hmm. we're talking about a very specific group of royals. Right. As as you would with like the Tudors, the Stuarts. Yeah, exactly. exactly. These are different kind of dynasties of English rulers that are still all related in some way. Yeah, they're they're all connected, but like when the reason you get like these different houses, like you mentioned, Tudors, Stuarts, Windsors, whatever, is because of people marrying into the royal family and whatever heir comes up next on the throne. Right. So. And it also has to do with, correct me if I'm wrong, but like for instance, going from, was it Elizabethan? Mm-hmm. She was the last tutor. She was, yeah. And then was it the Stuarts after that that it went to? I can't remember. Well, I want to say I know James was like a distant nephew, like cousin something like that. Yeah. And that's, yeah. of course, because she didn't have a direct She heir. didn't have children, so she had no direct heirs. So my understanding. And she was the last of the Tudor children who, right. who survived into adulthood who were able to rule. So my understanding is that when it's a direct heir, at that point, you're continuing that. You continue on that, that dynasty. That, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
so this, um, the House of Windsor officially, well, kind of in two ways, officially started in 1901 after the death of Queen Victoria okay. with her son who became King Edward VII. And it was the House of Windsor because of Prince Albert, Victoria's husband. Oh, Now, he wasn't called Windsor, though. Okay. They were originally called, or this came from Albert, Saxe, Coburg, mm. Gotha. Yeah, because he was some kind of Germanic. It was Germanic, yeah. Yeah. So the name didn't change to Windsor until 1917, and that was because of anti-German sentiment because of World War One. Yeah. What was Queen Victoria? What was her last name? Beckham? Yeah, it was Beckham. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you knew House it. So Beckham. smart. Take a drink. Celebration. Yay! <laughs> I will take a drink. Yeah. Um, oh, also, mm-hmm. just a reminder to you and our listeners, mm-hmm. we're about to get silly because as we've talked about before, the aeration in champagne with the bubbles makes the alcohol hit you harder and yeah. faster. So it's if we start juice. to get <laughs> if we goof juice, yeah, yeah, if we start to get really giggly early on, that's why. Yeah, not because we've already had some drinks. I was sipping my mineral water. Same. <laughs> I was also sipping your mineral water. That explains the lipstick stains. It does. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, so they changed their name to Windsor. So it was actually King George V mm. who changed the name. So when you look at- That was up, her grandfather, Elizabeth's grandfather, right? Or father? No. It was her great-grandfather. Great-grandfather. Okay. No. Grandfather. Grandfather. Sorry. Yeah. You know, with all the numbers behind people's names, I get them mixed up. The, the, but there, it, were it was her it was, there were a yeah. lot of Georges. It was, There were a lot of Georges. It was, yeah. It was her grandfather. Can you list all of the monarchs of England? No. Neither can I. Okay. But I've always <laughs> thought that would be a really fun party trick to learn- when I was living over in London. Oh, did you learn? There was No, I didn't learn, okay. but there was a, a girl that I became friends with that was in, um, like, an adjacent program. Okay. And we'd be out at the pub, and she'd get drunk, and she'd stand up and go through the whole thing. And oh. it was always, like, the coolest thing. I'm like, oh, my God. Was she an American who did this? No, no, no. She, she, was, she was English. Okay. okay. And apparently it was something that she, like, learned in grade school, but then freakishly just, like, Oh, well, I guess that kind of makes sense. Like, if you're a kid in the U.S., they're like different songs you can learn to remember, like all the presidents. I can't remember all the presidents. Just remember the highlights. Yeah. <laughs> Obama. I was going to say, let's start with Bush. <laughs> okay. So there is a little bit of like a dispute ish whether or not you count King Edward VII as a Windsor or not. Because of the, the one name, who abdicated? Because, no, no, no. Because of the name change thing. Oh, okay. So in some things you look up, they officially start oh, with King uh, George V as like the first right. Windsor. That's what I always kind of thought. Yeah. Um, Edward, the one that you just mentioned, he's the son. He's the father. And then there is another the son Edward. Of, um, Queen Victoria. The, I yes, think. correct. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there is a little bit of that. So <laughs> if you look at the monarchs, there's King Edward VII, and then there's King George V, okay. who became king in 1910. And was king until 1936. Right. Then there was King Edward VIII. And was, he's the one who abdicated. He abdicated. For Wallace Simpson. Yes, that's true. He was only king for less than a year, for like 11 yeah. months and some days. He just didn't want to be. He didn't like, want to be. He was be. like, this he is not my Mm-mm. job. So then he abdicated and his brother, who was King George VI, took over. He reigned from 1936 until 1952. And then it was Elizabeth. Right. Yeah. I always thought it was interesting how... 
she ended up becoming queen because mm. it was by such a seemingly random series yeah. of events because mm-hmm. if it had gone a different way, it, she would have ended up much further down in line as soon as he yeah. had kids, mm-hmm. you know? Well, he and Wallace Simpson never had children. And, well, even if they had. It, they it would, would have been, been irrelevant, yeah. yeah. But even if he had remained king and still married Wallace Simpson because they never had children, <clears throat> she still would have yeah. been the next in line afterward, mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy. It just didn't work out that way. So I think lineage is a very, like, in terms of... Um, like monarchy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is it called? Oh, line of succession. I yeah. Think line of succession is very interesting. And it's, All the different so, complicated it's rules. so complex, too, with the rules about, like, men versus women. I was about to yeah. say, yeah, like, you... Because different countries obviously have yeah. different codes for that. Mm-hmm. Um, legal codes and everything. And Well, a lot of the stuff with, like, the English nobility line of succession rules about who could inherit titles was changed in the 20th century. Like even thinking about like Downton Abbey mm-hmm. and like the major plot point was Lord Grantham didn't have a male yeah. direct male heir to inherit. Because like a those lot of rules these were changed were later entailed, on. Yeah. Which I'm not fully clear on what entailment it's is. So, it's so bizarre to us as Americans. Yeah. I think. Yeah. But it's basically like when you inherit the estate, mm-hmm. it's not your estate. No. It belongs to the title. Yes. And so if it belongs to the title, my understanding is that means it goes to the next person with that title. And since a woman can't inherit that title. Sure, yeah. Now, a lot of laws have been changed. Yeah. And like with Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth II, a lot of rules were changed, especially around like names and inheritance rules and all that sort of thing. How was Elizabeth I able to become... The first So Elizabeth the first monarch. was part she wasn't the first female. She um, wasn't. No. Her sister was um, Oh Mary for her. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because of the last surviving Tudor children, I think there was some sort of decree. And again, I didn't really look up the Tudor That's specificities. Fine. But um Henry the Eighth, who was excuse you. Listen, this wine has a lot of bubbles. Yeah. <laughs> who was one of the Tudors. Mm-hmm. He did have a son who survived long enough to officially become king but the kid was sickly and he died and then it was yeah. mary who inherited and then mary and her husband didn't have heirs so then it went to her half-sister elizabeth right even though mary and elizabeth were older than their brother right because the brother was from king henry VIII's like yeah the son always takes marriage. precedence yeah yeah that's also very interesting that it was yeah. through a series of technicalities that the first elizabeth yeah. became monarch it, and it was, and that is similar to Queen Elizabeth II. And they're both very well known for how kind of successful England, Great Britain was under their rule. Imagine being, she was in her 20s. Yeah. When Elizabeth she was, II was very young when she yeah. was crowned. Imagine having not just that sort of onus and responsibility put on your shoulders when thinking about it, I mean... I'm sure they raised her for the possibility that she become the monarch, but not necessarily the probability because right. everyone, when she was little, would have thought right. Edward was going to end up marrying and having children, and that would be the line of succession. Right. Like, she and her family would have been, like, working royals, which right. means, like, you're in the inner circle. You know that you could be, potentially, you're in the line yeah. of succession, but... Again, thinking like, well, I'm probably not going to be. So that right. wasn't necessarily how she was raised from birth. And so then in such a young age, mm-hmm. you have that suddenly happen. Mm-hmm. And on top of it, 
your namesake mm-hmm. is the only other. Yeah. Like, ah, that's so much. Because, I mean, the Elizabethan era for England was a golden age oh, in terms yeah. of exploration, wealth, military, arts, everything. If there is an era named after you, then that's monumental. You either yeah. fucked up really bad and you or. were a horrible person <laughs> or, yeah. Like, either way, it's very noticeable in, like, history. Notable, yeah. sorry, in history textbooks. Like, that's a fucking big deal. Yeah. Queen Elizabeth II is the longest reigning monarch of Great she Britain. She overtook Victoria. She did, yeah. yeah. Did Just she make it to 70 long. years? She did, yeah. Elizabeth, yeah. Elizabeth reigned from 1952 until 2022. Wow. So it was exactly 70 years. And she died not that long ago, honestly. Mm, yeah. We're recording this obviously in 2023, but she died September, I believe, 2022. It's so like not too long ago. Yeah. And it was one of those things too, that even though I'm not really, you know, I have no ties to the royal sure. family. Yeah. I'm American. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. But there was kind of a, and, and we'll get into, I'm sure, mm-hmm. some of the, the problematic things. Yeah. yeah. But there was a little bit of a heaviness that I felt just inherently of kind of like, Betty White, not in terms of sure. Betty White's a much better person than the Queen of England was. Yes. <laughs> but in terms of like those were two people that you just always assume they're they never there. gonna die. They were there. I'm they're gonna die before there. they do. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, I mean when Queen Elizabeth II died, she was in her late nineties. Mm-hmm. She had ruled for 70 years. So she was just kind of always a figure who was always present, very well known, who generally had goodwill toward her. I wouldn't say beloved, but generally well-liked and respected. Yeah. Well, she did a lot. She did. And I think there's much more controversy around having the monarchy and around Mm -hmm. England's very problematic history that wasn't always tied to her specifically. And and again, we will get into some of that. Mm -hmm. But I do want to point out in terms of, like you said, her her role, Mm -hmm. she fucking loved her country and her yes. people they yeah. were everything to her she took it so she does. seriously you can say a lot of things about her mm-hmm. she was not a frivolous person no and however you may think of the monarchy and i'm not a fan of the monarchy per se <laughs> but i think she genuinely took on her her duties and responsibilities with this sort of ideas of serving yeah. country and others that's how she did not for herself right yeah right i i completely agree with that and i think they did a really good job of portraying that on the show the crown oh yeah we gotta talk about of. the crown yeah. yeah yeah um i don't know if you want to talk about that now or later sure but. let's get into the crown okay so i think the crown obviously netflix show had a recent season come out which was really good it was really good i think they've done such a good job about making you really like queen elizabeth you sympathize with you her. You do. You and that's do. where I'm coming from in terms of mm-hmm. like, I don't agree with a lot of her decisions. Right. I definitely, we're going to talk about it later, mm-hmm. don't agree with a lot of the things that she greenlit, regardless of if she understood fully what was happening. Sure. Because it is a privileged, isolated yes. position she was in. Very much so. Yeah. and they, But they do a good job of showing that they she do. has been out of touch for a while and needs to get more in touch yeah. and how... The struggle of being an older person Mm -hmm. in a young people's world, but not just that. You're like the symbol of your country. Yeah. And getting to see the the dichotomy within her of the struggle, this inner struggle of Mm -hmm. staunch duty Mm -hmm. versus 
I am a human being who does care about these people who are yeah. my family members and in my life mm-hmm. that I have to, that I feel out of a sense of duty sometimes, I have to deprive them of joy yeah. in order to preserve. It's very interesting just thinking of the monarchy as an institution yeah. Yeah. versus a group of people. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up because watching The Crown and I started re-watching past seasons in preparation for the new season that came out not too long ago you really get that sense like you were saying of the struggle between knowing you are a symbol you are a figurehead you are basically signed up into this job that maybe you do or don't want from birth but you have to but you have fill, to you have to do it regardless of your personal wishes and desires and a lot of times that comes at the expense of the people that she loved and she was close to and had like long-lasting repercussions mm-hmm. especially when you start talking about like charles, charles and diana, diana and yeah. their children even queen elizabeth's sister margaret oh margaret, yeah, yeah margaret yeah so so, so much tragedy there involved was. in the life that these people have been made to believe yeah. they have to to live. If you are one of the royals in that time, kind of tight inner circle, your life isn't ever your really your own. Mm-hmm. And You're think, an employee. Yeah. A privileged employee. Oh, for sure. But like, also I'm not a saying, like, employee. oh, go ahead and cry for these people who well, are billionaires. But but also also the money's not even everything. Yeah, it's not. Well, it's not even necessarily theirs. Well, some of it is. Some of it is. Some of it is. A lot of it is theirs. But Um, like we were talking about the entailment. Yeah. For instance, Mm -hmm. Buckingham Palace doesn't belong to Queen Elizabeth or King Charles. It belongs to like this institution of the crown. The crown, right? Which isn't yours personally, even though. If you ascend to the throne and you have that power, you have control over it, but it's never really yours. Yeah. Also, can you imagine being that wealthy and having that much access materialistically to anything you want? Yeah. And you, because of your position, feel like you have to walk around in super ugly, ill-fitting skirt suits (laughs) all the time? Well, How tragic is that? Well, I that's think- the saddest thing to me about <laughs> any of this. Well, Topher, your sense of style would not be allowed in the royal family. Oh, it at would all. not. Are you kidding me? Oh my god! I have been saying for a while though, we need to get a non-binary fashionista in the royal family. Oh my like, god! That I'm counting so on cool. one of William's kids to come out and be like, "Bitch, I'm fabulous." Well, it's kind of interesting that you brought that up because in the royal family, obviously, the first born child is going to be the heir now at this point. So the difference between Charles and his siblings versus William and Harry versus William's firstborn son, George, and his other two kids, who are all very young, by the way. Who knows? Okay. Georgie Porgy Pudding Pie. Yeah. Georgie the first. (laughs) Georgie the first. Well, he's going to be the whatever. But it's so interesting because when you know that is what you were born into and the expectations that fall upon you, no matter what your parents do you always know that in the back of your mind and your siblings always know that too that like you are just different and it's not just the typical like older sibling versus like younger sibling dynamic yeah which is its own thing in and of itself you know that as the younger sibling you're just there to be an extra just in case slash the spare the the spare yeah it's like okay i'm here if something happens to george right but if something doesn't happen to george then i'm here to support george like, right. you're never a main character. Never. Ever. But with that also comes a little bit more freedom and flexibility with her life. Except that, as we saw with Margaret, she sure. wasn't, she, because you have to 
ask permission to have any of the major things happen in your right. life. And if you fall in love with somebody who you're monarch yeah. sibling doesn't agree with then, then you're shit sucks. out of luck yeah. yeah but but things have also changed too a lot I of think that things will of, get better yeah and honestly even like bringing kate middleton into yeah. the family i think is going to have hopefully a positive influence on I, william i think so but there's always been this struggle and you see this in the show the crown too of like the push and pull between like tradition yeah. versus being more aligned with the times right. and being more realistic and in touch with most people in Great Britain versus no we have to do this because this is the traditional way or this is what blah 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 rules says normal people don't give a shit like who cares so you know what's really funny to me is mm -hmm. that growing up like everyone else, I had a fascination with Princess Diana. Oh, of course. Yeah. She is fashionable, mm -hmm. beautiful, mm -hmm. elegant. She's tragic. got tragic. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't understand any of the, as the British say, controversy. Yeah. Surrounding her and the yeah. divorce and all that. But I do remember when in like, what was it? 96? Seven. When, when she died. died. Yeah. She I died remember, seven, yeah. I remember where I was and yeah. seeing that on the news and feeling so incredibly sad and thinking, that's the last princess that ever existed. <laughs> Which well, isn't true, but. but no, but it was such a big I remember that too because I was a freshman in high school. You know, close, You were a freshman in high school in ninety seven? Yeah. I started school early. I was in fifth grade. I was precocious. I, I was in slow tofer. Slow I was tofer. 23 and in fifth grade. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I was 13 and I, that's when I started high school along with mm -hmm. Fact Checker. So we were like a year ahead. But yeah, she died August of 1997. Same as day as Mother Teresa, honestly. Oh, wow. And that was kind of an interesting thing and in like how those were both portrayed in the media and how Diana obviously got way more attention. Well, and rightfully so. Well, yeah, Teresa a lot of shit comes out person. about Mother Teresa later on. But at the time, people were like, oh, she's a saint. But so at the time, though, you know, she was always touted as the people's princess. Yes. And in fifth grade, I didn't understand sure. the nuance of like yeah. what that meant. Yeah. So I just always thought of her as like a common person. Mm. And I did she not. Wasn't, yeah. I did not realize until adulthood that like, oh, wait, no, your father was an earl and your grandfather is a Marquette. Right. She, like, she came from nobility. <laughs> Do you know the hierarchy of the... I don't, but you do. I do. What is it? So obviously you have monarch, so king or queen. Right. Underneath that is duke. Okay. Then you've got mar marquess. Okay. Then underneath that you have earl. Okay. Viscount. Mm. Baron. And for all of those titles, you use the word lord when you're speaking to them or no? Yes. Okay. Except with Duke, I believe that's your excellency mm. or excellency. Okay. I, but you might still be Lord. I don't know. I don't know. I've never, I've never met a Duke. So I have Wait, met an you, Earl. You have met. Yeah, I've met I was an Earl. Say, you have interacted with an ability who gave you a gift. I know. That's, gave me a wedding gift with a pretty card. Fucking significant. And it was Queen Elizabeth's godson. So that's pretty high up there. And Prince William's cheers, godfather. Cheers to that, Topher. Thank you, yeah. You're basically next in line. You know what's so funny, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm claiming that universe. Oh, my God. You would be such a tyrant. Oh, my God. I would. <laughs> I honestly, though, I wouldn't because I'd be like, I don't have time to make important decisions like that. I have a fitting. Yeah. Where's my butler? Where's my butler? Albert. <laughs> it's so funny because I am... Poor white trash. <laughs> okay. Like, All let's right. be real. I mean, I come from an old family in mm -hmm. the South mm -hmm. that lost their money post-Civil War. Yeah. Like, we are fancy in name alone, and mm -hmm. that's it. And it's so interesting that 
you know, I'm one of the only people in my entire greater family mm. who left the three mile radius that they all live in. Wow. In the middle of Podunk, Georgia. Like, why wouldn't you leave? Yeah. <laughs> and the only openly queer person. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting because I haven't really, I'm not, I don't lead this crazy lifestyle, like mm -hmm. this jet setting lifestyle. I don't have this privilege and these opportunities. And yet the amount of wild stories I have about serious connections mm -hmm. to where it's like, oh no, this wasn't just a I waited on this person. Like, I had an experience with this person right. where... It's not like I saw them one time. Right. No, mm -hmm. I got a fucking wedding present or engagement present. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. From yeah. Earl Carnarvon, the godson of Queen Elizabeth. Right. Like, that's <laughs> nuts. Yeah, that is crazy. But I think also that kind of goes to, like, as big as the world is, there's so many small connections that yeah. people have. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, like, fun and crazy at the same time. Well, it's going to be really fun now that I'm next in line, when <laughs> I ascend the throne and I'll only stay for a little while and then I'll give it back to en William. Enough to get your name out there. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm definitely going to imprison all of my family members except for my siblings in the Tower, in the Tower of London. Hell and then, yeah. And Bring then that them. back. Bring, Bring that back. Well, I noticed you are wearing um, oh, your very yeah. anti-monarchy earring today. I am wearing my guillotine earring. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, so it's funny, I'm wearing my royal jewels around my neck. Yes. With the sapphires. Yeah. And diamonds. And then I'm wearing my guillotine. So, you a know. A little bit of a mixed message yeah. going on. It's like down with the monarchy, unless I'm next in line. Right. Unless it benefits yeah. me personally. Exactly. Um, yeah, I am also wearing things that have a royal connection. Mm. The colors on my necklace are from the flag of Windsor. Oh, with the blue and white checks there. Mm-hmm. Or blue and gold? What is it? Blue and gold. Blue and gold. And then a little bit of the green. Love that. It's not. I just made that up. Oh, my God. <laughs> Take a drink. You're wrong. Drink. <laughs> so this morning when I put on my clothes, boyfriend was like, you're repeating your outfit from yesterday afternoon. And I was like, are you going to tell Topher? He's like, yeah, <laughs> I am. <laughs> he knows. He knows I hate it when you repeat outfits. I know. He said Topher, Topher's, sorry, oh, the wine. Topher. Topher. He said Topher is the Duke of Outfit Repeating and he will get you. Yep. <laughs> that is a royal title. It is. <laughs> Making sure there will be no outfit like, repeating. Boyfriend, you have to be loyal to me. How dare you? He knows who's in power. He does. He, he knows where his bed is buttered. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want to talk about royal outfits? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Which one do you want to talk about? So first of all, Queen Elizabeth, girl, who let her do that? Okay, when you're saying do that, you're talking about her, like, skirt suit look. Did she have another look? No. Yeah, that's so, what I thought. So, okay, I read this thing or heard this thing at some point. I don't even know where it and came from. And they were all in ugly neon colors. Well, we'll talk about the color thing in and a second. And sure I'm sure the fabric it was, was intentional. not neoprene, but no, it but looked it like neoprene. Yeah. So, first of all, this one thing that I heard is sometimes women get locked into a style because they Which is why that, your grandmother has that hairstyle. Right, because right. they kind of pick it like when they felt their their hottest. Which like Queen Elizabeth style of like kind of the fully puffed out short hair. That it happened was, in like her 40s. Yeah, and that, like in the 60s, like that was kind of the hairstyle. And she kind of kept it, which I get. Also, 
you know, as a working royal, she had to dress conservatively. It was always like the, the I skirt say all suits. cleavage all the time. Woo. You take a page from Marie Antoinette. Well, if you look at somebody like Kate Middleton, for example, before she married into the family versus afterwards, her style. Yeah, she was all wet like, seal before. It, well, it was also early 2000s, so we all suffered. And now it's very, very dry seal. It is. But they also no do. moisture. Royal women oftentimes sew weights into the hemlines of their dresses and skirts. Really? So that keep them down from the wind blowing. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the exact reason. So Queen Elizabeth did that and Kate Middleton does that as well. Okay, but can't you picture Kate Middleton having an adorable Marilyn Monroe (gasps) over the grates? Yeah, but they do that for, like, modesty reasons. I mean, I I get that, but does it have to be so ugly? Part of that is, too, is, like, that very, like, conservative fashion look. You can be conservative in your fashion and not look but ugly. Well, let's talk about the color, because you brought that up. Yeah. Queen Elizabeth would famously wear these very bright colors so that when she was in a large crowd, she was easily visible for people yeah to see because you don't want to think that that's just somebody else's grandma right exactly so like on the one hand like i get like yeah the colors weren't maybe good or flattering yeah but if you're in a crowd like she was doing it so like oh if somebody's like really far away they can be like oh yeah i see the queen there she is so it was kind of a sweet thing of like i'm thinking about the other people at the expense of myself because think about if you went to an event it sounds more like look at me look at me look at me No, see, I took it as if I know people are coming to see me as the monarch, I don't want to let somebody down and be like, I didn't even get to see the fucking queen. And I was in this giant crowd as in like, oh, I see the queen. She's in neon yellow. There she is. Mm -hmm. Go home and be like, I saw the queen today. Woo. Versus like a self-centered thing. That's how I interpret it. Okay, that's fair. Okay. So I did, while watching the Harry and Meghan documentary, which we'll get into. Yeah. Speaking of fashion. Mm -hmm. There was a really, it wasn't meant to be funny, and I know that, and I'm so sorry, but mm-hmm. I did have a good giggle moment mm-hmm. when Megan was talking about how she was made to feel, mm-hmm. which was tragic, but yeah. then she brought up the wardrobe, mm-hmm. and she was talking about how, like, you're not allowed to wear the same color right. as another royal, right. especially a senior royal, right, 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 so right. obviously mm-hmm. the most senior would be the queen. The queen. Yeah. And then Charles and Camilla, mm-hmm. and then... William and Kate, yeah. Kate, yeah. Mm-hmm. So those were the two that she had to really, mm-hmm. besides the queen, make sure she was Because the men are mostly in, like, a dark-colored suit, so yeah. it's like, whatever. And so she was like, so I basically just decided I wanted to blend in, and what was the easiest thing for me to wear? Well, it would be whites and blacks and camels mm-hmm. and Kelly greens. And, mm-hmm. and I just, and they were showing like her outfits and I just started cackling because I was like, first of all, with your skin tone, mm-hmm. you look fucking amazing in there. Right. This is not the sob story you think it is. Second of all, sure. I love that you are so well-versed in fashion that you're not like, oh, it was whites and blacks and browns and like, green. Camel. It was like camel and Kelly green. Right. I'm like, Girl, shut up. Okay, I'm with you on everything else that you've been saying, but you walking in wearing, like, head-to-toe Burberry is not a fucking struggle. Right. Sit down with your damn ass. You look gorgeous. Yeah, 
couple couple notes there. Yeah, first of all, Meghan Markle, boo-hoo. Come on. <laughs> right? Second of all, she is fucking gorgeous. She's so pretty. So she would look good in literally anything she She could on. pull a Marilyn Monroe and wear, like, the tailored burlap sack. That right. Her, or potato sack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, Meghan Markle's going to look in whatever she puts on. 100%. And also, too, there's been a lot of undue scrutiny against Meghan Markle because of her race. Yes. So, like, there really wasn't a way for her to win. But on the other hand, like, you're wearing fucking designer shit all the time. Yeah. Doing a, quote, job. That's not really a job. And, God, she looks so good. And now, listen, Kate Middleton is also very beautiful. Sure, yeah. I do Mm want to say that. She is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's the... Like you said, the modesty sure. rules are a little bit tighter for Kate Middleton. They, they are, yeah. But God damn, Meghan Markle walking around, tailored, looking cinched for the gods. But yeah. that's just her natural, like, oh my God, she's so pretty. Yeah, she is. She is. She can pull off anything. She's one of those people who I think if you ever saw her, like, face to face in real life, you'd be like, oh my God, this is a literal goddess. Yes. Because she's so strikingly beautiful. Yeah. I've never in seen a bad a picture of her. In such a natural way. Yeah. It's not even like, uh, and I don't mean this derogatorily, it's not even like exotic good looks where no, some no, no. people just have that very like, like Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah. Is this alien exotic kind yeah. of creature where it's she's like, not, what are you? She's not beautiful in the same way that Meghan Markle is. Meghan Markle's like conventionally beautiful if conventional beauty lapped itself yes, several times. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And I think Meghan Markle has always been beautiful and will continue to be beautiful too as I she I mean if ages. you see her mother. Yeah, she's her mother's age gorgeous. Really well. Yeah. Like some people are, are beautiful maybe for a short amount of time, like at yeah. a certain point in their life. Prince William case in point. Oh my God, yes. He is turning into his yes. father every day. And I Ugh. never thought that would happen. I know. I had such the hots for him as a oh, preteen. For real. Right, because when Diana died, like Prince William was a little bit older than I am. Prince Harry was a little bit younger. So like similar in age. And everybody was like, oh my God, off. You know, sorry for both of them, obviously, for losing their mother when they're, you know, teens and preteens. But But also, like, right, they're like, oh, but he's so gorgeous. He had that, like, thick, wispy hair. Yeah, it's a little messy all the time. Like, oh, so he's just, like, out and about. Yeah, like like rugby prints. He was so hot. And so I know I've mentioned, because I love to name drop. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I did it earlier. You get to do it now. You did it, too. Yeah. I've mentioned before that... When I did my study abroad at St. Andrews, it was in Scotland. It was at the same time that Prince William and Kate Middleton were there studying Mm -hmm. as well. I never saw either of them. No, that's not true. Remember, you locked eyes across the cafeteria. Right, in the algebra. (laughs) I had friends who would see them all the fucking time. So here's what I'm thinking. Yes. Now that I'm first in line. Yes. I'm taking William's spot. Okay. You and I get legally married. Okay. And you become my queen. Yes. And then we stick it to both of them. Yes. And you can be like, ha ha. <laughs> and I just go into the face and go, ha ha. Yeah. To their and then I re- Kensington <laughs> Palace. <laughs> I renounce my crown. And you can have a back. Oh, I forgot. Thank you. <gasps> Thank you for um Get your crown. Reminding me. I brought you a tiara as well. Ooh. Now, which tiara did you give yourself versus which one did you give me? So I'm giving you the pearl one. Thank you. That I wore at my own coronation slash wedding. Thank you. Yes. And then I'm wearing Fact Checkers golden 
garnet crown. I love, I love them both. So mine, mine has you, some black diamonds on it. Yeah, the one that you well. gave me to wear is pearl. Mm-hmm. Yours has some more variety. Yeah. Yours is kind of like gems. if pearls were like cherry blossoms on yeah. a tree. Yeah, yeah. it is, does have, have kind of like that branch feel mm-hmm. to it. Yours is more traditionally crown. Yeah, but shape. it also has that branchy sort of It does. It has like some organic shape to it. So thank you for this. I'm Absolutely. very grateful for your permanent present to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are my queen consort now. Yes, that's right. Not actual queen, just queen consort. Let's right. make that very well, clear. The, also, am I what, the Camilla in your relationship between you and Fact Checker? Oh my God, you kind of are. I kind of am. Yeah. So if there were to be Mm -hmm. a non-binary royal, like let's say that Georgie comes out in his teen years, in in their teen years as non-binary, what would the royal title be? Because there's not a non-binary, like gender neutral. Yeah. Would they just go by like monarch? A ruler, or would they like maybe try to mash up king and queen? Queen, I love queen. Oh, it sounds like someone with a speech impediment. Oh no! But you know, little kids struggle with sound sometimes. What if Georgie also has a speech impediment, like his <gasps> grandfather did? Great grandfather. Great, 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 great grandfather. No, just great, yes. great. No. No, George. Great, great. No, great, great, great. Yes, great, great, great. great. <laughs> Again, lineage is fascinating, but this is not a math podcast. We cannot do the math on grandparents. <laughs> oh, that would be so cute. Yeah. I'm the queen. Yes. Love it. Queen is the new term. Yeah. And then like. Georgie, be yourself. Live authentically. Their like charity platform could be for LGBTQIA plus people who want to get into traditionally more Mm -hmm. like binary and masculine Mm -hmm. industries Mm -hmm. such as like mechanics yeah things like that and it could be called work bitch but spelled (gasps) with an e love it georgie yes love it georgie might be the best monarch i'm glad georgie that's who we're like not seceding what's it called (laughs) when you like give up what did what did edward do abdicated yeah so <laughs> when we abdicate we're doing it to georgie not to william and kate by yes, the way sorry 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 you should have met my friend while she was at your university instead of being yeah, fucking snobs that's, that's your fault and i know you're both listening so suck it mm-hmm. up <laughs> um is it time it's time okay let's cross-examine you I will say, I think you're going to do well on this. I do know quite a bit about the royal family. It's been a hobby of mine over the years. You might trip me up, though. You're tricky. Well, I designed today's quiz to lend itself to open conversation. Oh, that's so democratic of you. Thank you. Rather than try to trip you up and take all the glory. How magnanimous of you as a ruler. Thank you. You're right. I would be the tyrant. You would be. And I'm like, no, 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 don't listen to him. Listen to me. I'm the benevolent one. Yeah, well, that's going to land you in the tower. Damn it. Okay, I take it back. I'm redesigning this cross-examination. <laughs> it's going to be kind of like fill in the blank, but kind of fill in the story. Okay. But all of my questions are about royal scandals. <gasps> oh, well, then you might know more about this than I do. But Because, you know, I'm not a tabloid reader. But they have a lot of scandals. So you're probably going to at least get some. Also, speaking of royal scandals and tabloids, their tabloids are off the chain. Yes. 
Like here you see things where it's like nobody really takes it that seriously. Right, like whatever. People it's, believe what they read over there well, and the yeah. kinds of things they say are like. They're awful. So like, ridiculous. The British press is infamous for doing these horrible stories. One, I think because like libel laws are a little bit different in the mm-hmm. UK. And maybe there are some different rules about monarchs or like public figures that like we yeah, don't have here in the right. US necessarily. There's not as much regulation in terms of recourse, in terms of stalking and yeah, like very privacy like privacy laws. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. And which is obviously going into Diana's death. Sure. And I do have some theories about that. We'll talk oh, about that later okay. though, because we're crossing. All right. So let's talk about royal scandals. Yes. All right, so... Yes, Kate Middleton does have a third nipple. You've seen it? Mm-hmm. Where is it? At the university that you went to, Edinburgh. Oh, she left it there? Yeah. No, that's where I saw it. Oh, that's where you saw the nipple. Yeah. I meant, like, where in her body is it? Oh. Not, it's a detachable nipple that she <laughs> left there. It's actually kind of awkward. It's in her armpit. Oh, that would ir- get irritating. Well, she just doesn't shave her armpits. That's why she always has cap sleeves. Oh, interesting. Okay, to allow, like, room for the pit and the nipple hair. Yeah, she's got to air it out, but she also yeah. doesn't want people to see it. True. Okay, fair enough, Kate. And because of British libel laws, you can't sue us for saying that. That's right. As far as we understand. Yes. Governor. Our, our legal team, wink, wink, will be sure to check that. Fact checker is not here today, so that means we can get away with anything, Right. right? We rely on him to, like, rein us in. If you don't have a fact checker, are you really lying? No. We're entertaining. Exactly. No one can take our words seriously. This is satire. Yes. Okay. So tell me about some of Princess Margaret's scandals. Oh. um, With her personal life, her her love life. So I know that she married like an army officer or something, but then she had an affair with this other guy who was, it was kind of a Charles and Camilla thing, right? Where it was a long-term love of her life and then she got divorced, right? She did, yeah. Yeah, she she was granted a divorce finally, but she wasn't allowed to marry. Okay. Anything else you want to add to this? I mean, there was fornication. (laughs) Yeah, there was. Okay. Yeah, kind of in the middle. So some things you're wrong on, some things you're right on. Okay. So take a a drink. Yeah, take a sip. Celebration. I get two sips, right? Or shame. Yes, exactly. So she did really love Captain Peter Townsend. Oh, yeah, yeah, Peter Townsend. Who she fell in love with very early on. He worked in Buckingham Palace. He was like the equerry, which is like kind of a fancy royal secretary role. Equerry? Yeah, I don't really understand some of these roles that people have. You mean actuary? No. Alderman? No. It it is called... Undertaker. Yes. (laughs) Wait, is there a royal undertaker? There would have there to be. There has to be. There has to be. Because they're handling. I mean, they're going to die at some point, so it's going to happen. And, well, and they're handling like naked royal bodies and their oh, organs they're ha- and shit. Yeah, they have to That's got to be like a high up position. You're not just like calling a funeral home and be like, hey, can you help me out? I'm just picturing like this really sad old man that's like sitting by himself on call constantly. <gasps> oh, no, he just sits by the phone every yeah. day. And then like there will be some kind of like news story that comes on where it's like royal health scare. And he's like, will they need me today? Will I finally get some kind of human contact? And no. then like an hour later, they're like, and a miraculous recovery. And he's like, oh, biscuits and crumpets. <laughs> oh, fish and chips. That's right. Yeah. So Princess Margaret fell in love with Peter Townsend who was significantly older than she was. Daddy issues. Mm, For real. Can you blame her? No. And he was also divorced, which was the big (gasps) reason she 
could not marry him Mm. because in the Church of England, a ruler at the time, at least, could not marry somebody who was divorced if that divorced person's former spouse was still alive. That feels a little bit hypocritical, considering Mm. the fact that Henry VIII was the one who formed the Church of England in order to divorce his wives and marry someone else. First of all, he made all the rules up, so yeah. do what you want. First of all. First of all. Second yeah. of all, the monarch is yeah. the head of the Church of England. Yeah. So you can just be like, bitch, I'm your pope. I'm doing what I want. Right. Well, yeah, and that was original, at least according to the crown, you know, which whatever. Which was, is a documentary. Absolutely. It kind of showed this conflict that, like, Elizabeth had, like, I really want to make my sister happy. And I do believe that. But as the ruler, I can't set, like, quote, a bad example, quote, because this was in the early 60s where divorce was still very taboo. Yeah, you know what else was in the 60s? Marijuana and free love. And LSD. (laughs) Which Margaret famously used. I believe it. Do you think Princess Margaret ever went to Studio 54? Oh, I bet she would have if she could have. I bet she did. She did tour the U.S. I wouldn't be surprised if she stopped in there. I bet she did. So she actually ended up, ended up, hmm, the wine's getting me, ended up marrying this man named Anthony Antony Armstrong Jones. Wait, his name was Anthony Antony? No. Oh, I was like, what? I forget that British people say Anthony. 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 So she married Anthony Armstrong Jones. Who? Sounds like a jazz singer's name. It does. Because I think Armstrong Louis Armstrong, Armstrong is that where, that's where Yeah, and it's got it. the three names. Yeah. And yeah. Or a serial killer's name. Mm. 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 They always got the three of them. British jazz singer, serial killer. Yes. Tinker, Ooh. sailor, soldier, spy. Yes. Let's write that screenplay. Trademarked. Trademarked. Coming to a Lifetime movie channel near you. <laughs> exactly. My saxophone murderer. <laughs> I love it. So they got married. They had a troubled marriage from the start. Yeah, because she was in love with somebody else. Yeah, and they and she never really got to be with the love of her life. Um, Can we all just agree? Let people marry the people, the people they love. They want to marry. Let's just let them do it. Let them do it. So she and Anthony um, had a marriage and they had kids, whatever. But he had fathered a secret love child <gasps> before they got married, which <gasps> came out later on. It was his best friend's wife. <gasps> Who he fucked and got pregnant. Oh, my God. And he was, Anthony was also a little bit of, like, a rebel. And there were a lot of rumors about, like, drug use that he participated Mm. in. And he had some gay affairs. (gasps) Yeah. That's most shocking of all. He was like, it's the 60s. Free love, baby. See, I told you. Free love. Exactly. But poor Margaret couldn't have free love. No, and they didn't really seem. She was loving chains. They didn't really seem to have a good relationship. Yeah. So they ended up divorcing in the 70s. Genuine. And it was the first royal divorce in like almost a century, like a big fucking deal. It was a big deal. I would have marched straight into court as Margaret and been like, mm-hmm. Henry the Eighth, I am, I am. Henry the Eighth, I am. Yeah, yeah exactly. Own it. Okay, genuine question. Yes. So not allowed to marry mm-hmm. Peter Townsend because he was divorced and his ex spouse was still living. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't Queen Elizabeth? Just kill the former I was going to say, yeah, just take her to the tower and behead her. Well, that wouldn't have been a good look for her. Lots of monarchs have done. But who had to know, am I right? I mean. Well, yeah, I mean, there. it seems. We still talk about Henry VIII. It's right, for real. But it seems like so silly to us. So stupid. In the 21st century and in the U.S. too. Like, I don't know if we were British, if we would have a different view of things or not. Mm-hmm. Not with our economic <laughs> background and age true 
if perhaps our fathers were earls and our grandfathers were we may, we may feel differently. <laughs> yeah, we might. I do wonder though if later on in her life, now that the modern world has changed mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. much, I wonder how much Elizabeth looked back on this and had I'm, regrets. I'm sure there were some regrets. To be like, oh my God, that was so stupid of me to not understand that everything's changing. Well, it's interesting because Margaret and um, Peter Townsend really didn't interact because it was the whole thing where like he went off to Belgium. He ended up marrying this really young Belgian woman and they were together until her death. She was a waffle. She was a waffle. Am I, am I right? Belgian waffles are delicious, by the way. Side note. Because they thick. They are. That's how we like them. <laughs> but Peter and Margaret ended up kind of like getting, not getting back together, but like meeting up again in their later years. I think in like the early mid 80s where they were both single at the time and they kind of met up at an event. And it seemed from like all accounts, not just based on the Crown's version of this, but it seems like obviously there were still those like really deep feelings there. And it was kind okay. of really tragic that they never got to truly be together. Mm. So sometimes Margaret is referred to as like the second most like tragic royal after Diana. I mean, in, I can in, in see recent that. times, I can you know? see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. In terms of like the marks that we know, right? Like compared to Anne Boleyn, like nothing, <laughs> but still. Eh. Anne Boleyn had it coming. <gasps> Topher. She had sex with her brother. That was a rumor. I was there. It was hot. Are you a time traveler? No, I was alive back then. Are you immortal? Yes. Okay. That's why he looks so old. All right. <laughs> Maybe it's time for your cross examination. No, <laughs> to the tower. Oh, damn it. All right. Tell me some of the scandal around King Edward the Eighth. That's the one that abdicated. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was because of Wallace Simpson because okay. she was a divorced woman. Yes. And I guess her husband was still alive. Yeah. And was she British? No, she was American. Boo, Americans. She was also a bit of a problematic figure. Mm. They had this torrid love affair. Mm-hmm. They did genuinely love each other. I do believe that. I, I do because, think that's yeah. true, yeah. But I also don't think that, even aside from Wallace Simpson, I don't think that he wanted to be king. I don't think he was he, happy with that no. role. Mm-hmm. And I think the family knew that, too. Yeah. That's part of the scandal. Yeah. Like, how could you abandon your duty, your oh, post? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is kind of one of those things that imprinted itself on Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Especially think about being a very young child and hearing your father mm-hmm. talk about his brother mm-hmm. and what a traitor he is to the family. Mm-hmm. How could you do this to the crown, the institution, to the British people, all to of your that. Country. To your country. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that was a major scandal. Yeah. Um, and then for him to, to abdicate, to marry her, ended up moving to France and mm-hmm. not really have any sort of contact with the family but have fabulous parties at their chateau that they owned Yeah, that had this glitter-filled guest list, including Audrey Hepburn, was a close family mm. friend of theirs. And she would bring her dough with okay. her, her pet dough. A deer, not just like a ball of um, uncooked She was bread. like, listen, I'm way ahead of the pandemic, like uh, sourdough starter kit. <laughs> like, oh, Audrey Hepburn was a little eccentric. We didn't know yeah. about that. They're like, Audrey, I'm getting a faint whiff of something around you yeasty it's my dough she's like it's my dough and she just slaps it out of her purse onto the Bonk. like onto the marble coffee table right? <laughs> i have to knead it every two hours she to never, activate she the never yeast. cooked it though it meant that much to her no <laughs> it was actually put inside of her when she was embalmed weird all right 
Yes, you are correct. Thank Celebratory you. sex. Thank you. So yeah, there obviously was this huge scandal around Wallace Simpson, who had been divorced once and was in the process of divorcing for a second time. Ooh, I can see how the second time was even when like more she, of a nail in the coffin. She and Edward got together, and because of the fact that like both of her exes were still alive and the whole thing. And you're you're very much right. He did never seem to really want to be monarch in the sense that he wanted to take his duties and responsibilities seriously. Yeah. He seemed more of someone who enjoyed the privilege. Mm-hmm. He was more interested in like partying and having fun than actually like being a figurehead or ruling. So one of the things about Wallace Simpson that mm-hmm. I have always just it's rubbed me the wrong way mm. is that. At their parties, Mm -hmm. she was notorious for uh, not serving any kind of substantial food, Mm. but having like a shit ton of liquor, which Mm -hmm. sounds fun, right? Sure. Except that she would go around and when she would see other women such as Audrey Hepburn, who's a very tiny person. Yes eating hors d'oeuvres, she would in a very condescending tone, she was known for this catchphrase of darling. You can never be too rich or too thin. And then oh. she would like move along to another person. And that it felt originated like this like, from her. I don't know if it originated okay. with her, but she made it her catchphrase. And it was like, you're eating hors d'oeuvres. You're not right. even like, I mean, it'd be bad if you were like. First of all, you don't comment on yeah, you somebody never, else's ever. Like, eating. It's bad enough if weight, you're doing yeah. it with somebody eating sure. like a fucking meat pie. Right. But you're just like having tiny canapes. Right. You're having a cracker with maybe something on it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and she other, was very frail. I mean, oh, she, she very obviously fun, had yeah. an eating disorder. Oh, for sure. The other big problem with Wallace Simpson and Edward was the fact that they were Nazi sympathizers. <laughs> yeah. And that caused a bit of a royal scandal later on with Elizabeth, who was queen, when some of these documents about them, like, meeting with the Nazi party right before in World War II. Well, that's not good. Yeah, that's not good. And there was also these rumors of the Nazis wanting to reinstall him as the monarch, but as, like, a puppet. Pop art? <laughs> he's just, a, he's just a- an Andy Warhol king? Shut up. As a puppet. King. Well, we know how you feel about puppets, so you must I like this plan a lot. I like puppets that aren't racist. Let me just say that. Now I'm just picturing like a really well done sock puppet that yeah. looks uncannily like Edward the Eighth, <laughs> with like a German person holding right. it. Like, hello. I am British. Yeah, I am British. I love the fish and chips. Das ist der King. Yeah, hello, hello. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been bad. So, and I get like Wall Simpson doesn't seem to be a very likable person in all regards. To me, the issue though is like the Nazi shit. I mean, that's pretty, yeah. that's pretty awful. Like, yeah. yeah, if you wanted to marry a divorcee, who gives a shit? Oh, no, I would say like, in, in order of awfulness, it's yeah. divorcee. Okay. Nazi. Okay. And not letting me eat my goddamn tuna tartare. I want to eat my the cracker. tartare. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Give me a goddamn caper at one of your... I'm so hungry, Wallace Simpson. Wallace, please. Please, I'm Wallace. I'm hungry. I'm like, can I... Listen, I won't even do it in public. I'll just go to the kitchen and ask the chef for something. She's like, no. Oh, but can you imagine how many people are just like, I need to go to the loo. And just like, we're like, fuck this bitch. Just like went into the kitchen, like inhaled food. Oh, you know that people had looking. to have like brought 
brought their own bread rolls oh, in their purses. Like, oh, you know how like the old thing of yeah. the old trip of like, oh, I left the party with a bunch of bread rolls in my right. purse. This is like I come to the party with, with bread, bread rolls. rolls in my purse. <laughs> That's amazing. You were doing well so far in this cross-examination. Thank you. All right, you ready for more scandal? I am. Okay. Always. Tell me a little about Prince Anne, who is the daughter of Queen Elizabeth. Prince Anne? Mm-hmm. And some of her scandals. Prince Anne? Yep. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> We're doubling down now. Yep. Princess. Fine. Princess let's, Anne. Let's gender things, Topher. Let's be binary. Oh, I'm sorry that she can't be a queen. <laughs> what's, what's the prince and princess merger that we do? Prats. <laughs> One more time. Prance? 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 Prance. Prance. No, Prance is more French. Oh, I'm sorry. Prance. Prance. I love a good Prance. All right. Prance. Tell us about Prance, Anne, and her scandals. I actually don't know. I would imagine that it has to do with a divorcee. Okay, and what else? Butt stuff. Very public butt stuff mm-hmm. at the V&A Museum. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry. I, I'm mixing that up with a different butt stuff scandal. A different prance. Princess Anne got caught doing public butt stuff uh. at the National Portrait Gallery in Trafalgar Square. I'm glad that you corrected because you were right. No. I was about to be like, wait, what? what? Take a sip in shame. Okay, and I'm not ashamed of that answer. I think it's a really solid answer. <laughs> So Prance Anne, <laughs> Princess Anne does have like some relationship scandal stuff. So she married her husband Mark in the early seventies, and she Mark Mark when she was like in her early twenties. They were both equestrians. It was their whole deal. They loved horses. Okay, I was gonna say. Don't make it fancy. They were horse people. They're horse people. Okay. Mm. I'm going to say something okay. because I've been drinking champagne. Yep. Princess Anne looks like a horse girl. Yes. Not she looks like a horse, but she looks like a horse girl. She does have a horse face. It's just the teeth. She and the, and, well, and no. the shape of the face. Yeah. It's it, a horse face. It happens. And honestly, I mean. Honestly. Maybe one of her ancestors. Was a horse. I was going to say had an affair with an equestrian, (gasps) which we all know is the proper name for centaur. Oh, wouldn't that be cool, though, if there was a centaur on the throne? Like, what's up? Just mythology come to life, baby. Taking massive dumps in the throne room. Honestly, I would pay to see that, though. That'd be kind of incredible. (laughs) Well, I mean, I would I would definitely pay to see any actual for real centaur. Oh, exactly. Right. The dumping I don't need to see firsthand. This, the sad thing is, it's the bottom <laughs> half that's human and the top half that has horse, horse legs and a horse head. Oh, God. That's a nightmare. <laughs> that's reverse centaur. Yeah, so she and her husband, Mark, had marriage troubles early on. They're These people like, can't keep their marriages they, together. They can't. So really, like, beyond Elizabeth and Philip, like, there are a lot of marriage issues. Which... Which, and even Elizabeth and Philip, like... mm. I'm not going to speak to anything that happened in their marriage because I don't know. Right. But nobody would ever know because you are married to the Queen of England. It's so tightly under control. Yeah. Like, even if either of them ever had an affair, we would never know about it. You would never know about it. There's clearly never going to be any kind of divorce. Yeah, no, no, no. And Mm -hmm. if he got out of control, Secret Service... just murder him. I was... Honestly, though. Honestly, to have an accident. Honest, again, yeah. again, Princess theories. Diana. 
unfounded speculation. I genuinely do believe that Princess Diana was taken care of. Do I don't you? think that it was an accident mm. at all. That's well, my well, conspiracy we'll, we'll theory. Get into we'll the get Princess into it Diana. So if we're getting there, we're getting there. It's going to be a very long episode, so y'all just buckle up, you okay? Deal with it. It might have to be a part two. We've we've done that before. We've divided the episode into two because it got a little long. It might happen. Did you just hit me with your book? No, your hand hit my book. How dare you? Off with his head. No, you're the queen consort. You can't I'm say that. I'm the queen. That. I can oh, no. do what I want. She's formed a coup. That's right. Just by herself. Everybody, unite behind me. Oh, shit. Where's everybody? <laughs> oh, no. Dang it. Yeah, so um, Prance and she and her husband had issues. He fathered a secret love child in New Zealand when they were still married. Okay, but... Is it Dr. Cool, Alan Grant? <gasps> Your pants are so scary. <laughs> I'm wearing pleather pants. And every Why time did I you like, choose these pants? I didn't think about it because it went with my outfits. Okay, I did. Yeah. I um, to look royal. And you do. Every day. And you know, the British royal family is famous for wearing pleather pants. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth was always out and about in pleather pants. Honestly, that would have been modest and a very good that choice That would have been her. a cool look. Have you just like imagined yeah. this old lady like... We all know over a little bit. We all know the village people. We Construction all know worker, pleather daddy, guy. queen of England impersonator, yes. policeman. All the key jobs that there are. Right. right. Yeah. So she and her husband ended up divorcing and she remarried this guy named Timothy something or other. Shaman, he was like, yeah. yeah, a commoner. But they've been happily married for a while. Oh, good. They're still together. Her, is he also a horse person? I don't know if he's a centaur or not. Now, here's a question. Okay. Mental health care mm. and the royals. Mm, they need it. <laughs> well, we can all, we can all, all agree on that. Let's toast to that. Let's toast Am I to right? that right now. Yes. Oh. Oh, there we go. There it is. Yeah, finally. Jesus finally. Christ. Damn it. Finally showing up to work, crystal glasses. Jesus. But, like, are there court-appointed? I don't think they have an official capacity as, like, royal psychologists. Because, obviously, you... But they need one. You take an, an oath, like a doctor, for privacy. Sure, of like, like a doctor. Like a doctor. As, <laughs> as a doctor. do. Yes. Yeah. Not like a... Yeah. As a doctor, you take a an oath to right. protect your client's privacy. Right. Privacy. Yes, thank you. Um, for when they schedule appointments mm-hmm. with thank you. Thank you, thank you. So In their you, diaries, yeah. yes. so that you don't blab about any sort of controversies. Correct, yes. Mm-hmm. But my question is, are they actually going to therapy? Please tell me that y'all are going to therapy. Okay, so there's obviously like with the Prince Harry stuff that's come out recently. And I don't just mean Jancis. Okay. Because drinking wine is it's just not one part of therapy. Right. Ooh, a new idea, wine therapy. You go to a vineyard, you get some wine. There's also a licensed psychologist there, too. So you can, you know, we get emotional after a few glasses. Yeah. You can tell them your problems and they'll help you. But we get to charge for both yep. the experience in the vineyard and yeah. the professional it's an, Yeah, it's an extra experience for the Trademarked, and it's called Wine About It, but W-H-I-N-E. Yes. Thank you. Wine mm-hmm. About It. Mm-hmm. So Prince Harry has talked about, like, seeing a therapist and yeah, psychologist. Yeah, but he's, he's in California. He's in, it's a California he's act- thing. He's not an active member of the royal family No, anymore. it's a hippy-dippy California like, thing. Like, will you and Kate, are they able to see therapists? Honestly, even I'm, Camilla. I think Camilla deserves to be ooh, able to see a therapist. For real, right? I actually kind of feel bad for Camilla. We'll talk about that too, in a little yeah. bit. They need to. For they sure. certainly need to. I don't think anything will ever come out where a 
royal who's in the line of succession will ever say. I've seen a therapist XYZ. That's such bullshit to me because, again, There's as, still as a, a young person, yeah. It, yeah. I would really hope that, like, that's something I think that Kate Middleton could really step up and do as a senior royal yeah. who is in direct line of succession yeah, at this point. She's part of it, yeah. I feel like her taking on a platform of charity as like a PSA mental health is extremely legitimate and important. Yeah. That's something that could be major for the British people. Well, and before Prince Harry kind of like left his role as a working royal, he and William and Kate did talk about like, yeah, go to therapy, blah, blah, blah. But I think the difference is that William and Kate, as far as I know, and correct me if I'm wrong, have never directly said, I've done X, Y, and Z in regards to my mental health. Like I've I don't seen, think that William would. No. Kate maybe is like, I'm a mother, so sometimes it's good. Yeah. Maybe whatever. He's left a bad taste in my mouth, and it's not just because of the tragic Baldness. blowjob. Baldness. <laughs> Let's keep going. Nope, that's all. Okay. Listen, I don't want to end up dead in a car accident in Paris. All right, so let's talk about our final scandal of my okay. cross-examination. Okay, let's do it. Wait. What? I have to go pee. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Worry not, loyal fans. The star of the show is back. Thank you. I've been here the whole time. Can I have some more, please? No. So far. Okay. So final scandal, and you heard it here first, these are the only scandals. That have ever existed and will ever exist. That's our promise to you. Yep. This is an easy one, but it's really to the heart of what I want us to talk about. Okay. Tell me about some of the scandals around Prince Charles. Now King Charles. Man. The third. Like many of these scandals, Mm -hmm. it revolves around the fact that he was being controlled. Mm Mm-hmm. By his mother, mm-hmm. the monarch, and wasn't allowed to be with the person that he wanted to be with. Mm-hmm. And this is somebody that he essentially grew up with, had known since childhood, because of the fact that it was never in his path mm-hmm. that had been set for him mm-hmm. to marry her. She ended up marrying someone else. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, they had an affair. Mm-hmm. They were having an affair. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he meets Diana, Mm -hmm. who ends up being exactly on paper what the monarchy Uh wants, what the institution wants. Mm -hmm. And so, tragically, this poor, extremely vulnerable, sensitive, and naive person Mm -hmm. is brought into a situation that is, unbeknownst to her, completely hopeless. She thinks, I'm going to have this fairy tale not fairy tale life. She just thinks, oh my God, I this man loves me. Sure, yeah. I don't think she was glamorized by or mm-hmm. glamored by the royal mm-hmm. life. I think if anything, it was in, very intimidating to her. Sure. But it was one of those things where it's like, but this is the person that I love and who loves me. And mm-hmm. so we're going to be a team through this. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I'm just going to say it, she was conned. Yep. She was conned from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And I do feel bad for Charles. Um, yeah, I to get a certain that. extent, mm-hmm. where he loses me is the fact that he brought in an innocent person to this, yeah. ruined her life, broke mm-hmm. her heart, mm-hmm. 
and ultimately it led to her death. Whether or not you give in to conspiracy theories, sure, sure, sure. It completely one hundred percent started led to the trajectory. Yeah. yeah. So celebratory sip. Let's cheers to somebody else's downfall and terrible sadness. So you're right. The whole thing with Charles, Camilla, and Diana is so complex, and I think really sad on everybody's part. Even, like, in that famous interview, Diana mm-hmm. saying there were three of us in, in this, this marriage. marriage. Yeah. yeah. Because I really, truly believe that Camilla has been the love of Charles's life. And I, I truly I believe that truly she loves him. I truly think that, yeah. yeah. And I think had maybe Camilla been more sympathetic in the public eye than Diana was, like, our, our take on this narrative would be very different than what it is. I actually, I have made jokes at Camilla's expense in the past. Sure. Because let's be real, it's just low-hanging fruit. Uh, Yeah, she's an easy target. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm being completely honest, though, I feel really, really bad for Camilla. Because Mm -hmm. I think that Charles is the love of her life as well. Yeah. And she felt like she had to... Marry she's part of else. an institution as well because she's an aristocrat. She is, yeah. She's, it's a lesser she, institution, but right. still. Right. She wasn't like some commoner that met Charles in a random spot. Like, yeah, they're all in this inner circle, like you said. Like, they had known each other. And Charles's sister had actually dated mm. Camilla's first husband, mm-hmm. the Parker Bowles guy, while Charles was still dating Camilla. But there was very much this idea of, like, Camilla wasn't the preferred choice for Charles. So he was kind of, don't know why I said that weird. So he was kind of sent off Charles. So he was sent off as part of, like, his military training. Why was far, it far that away she from wasn't? Because she's of good family, right? I mean. Yeah, she wasn't, like, some poor person. I think they just didn't really like her. She wasn't particularly... Like charming or beautiful or seem to ever really want to ingratiate herself to the royal family either. I think that's what it is. I think that there was, there was spirit. There was a lack of extreme Mm -hmm. deference Mm -hmm. and there was spirit to her. And that's why Diana, who came from an equally good family. Yes. Was. But who was much more deference to the royal family. Yeah. Or so they thought. Or so they thought, yeah, because that changed, yeah, so. Well, she had a quiet spirit. She did. And they mis- they mistook that for. And she suffered deference. a lot yes, before she, she finally broke. And yes, like, she did. And like, quote, betrayed some of their trust. But yeah, so Camilla. Which, girl, I would have done more than that. Yeah, Cam- for real, I right? Set, I would have set fire to Windsor Palace myself and right. not waited for some electrical thing to happen. <laughs> right, well, yeah, so Camilla ended up marrying um, this Parker Bowles guy. I forget his first name, doesn't matter. They were married for a while. They had children together. And then Charles, as we know, eventually married Diana. Now, Charles and Diana had a huge age gap, 12 years, which is pretty significant. Diana oh, at was, the age that they were. And Diana yeah. was only 19 when they got married. Yeah. So she really hadn't experienced much of the world at yeah. this time. She was um, a kindergarten teacher. She was, yeah. So she's actually the first person, like, royal to have had, like, a normal job before marrying into the monarchy ever, which is kind of cool and fascinating. It is really fascinating, especially when you look at other royal families. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to say it's the—it's either Norway or Sweden. I think mm-hmm. it's Sweden where, like, the crown princess, like, the heir to the throne— mm-hmm. Is an elementary school teacher and children's I th- book think, author. I think that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. But also, and I'm just like, this is so I weird know. to me, but it's also really cool. But yeah, but at the same time, too, with the monarchy in Great Britain has a different status than in some other countries. Where you're kind of like, oh yeah, there is a king and queen of like Sweden or Spain, or like what? Oh yeah, okay, whatever. 
But Great Britain, like, you know who the monarch is. You know Queen Elizabeth. You know well, Prince, because she's now King Charles. So yeah. Long. And because it's just like the prominence. Yeah, well, absolutely colonialism. And the prominence that they have in the public eye. Yeah. So getting back to like Charles and Diana, age difference. She was very young, not as experienced. She had all the things, like you said, like on paper that made her seem like a good fit for Charles. Right. She was part of the nobility, the Spencer family that you mentioned. Virgin. Was part of it. Virgin, yeah. Um, he actually dated her older sister. I know. For, I, for a little bit. I don't think it was ever like really serious. I didn't know that until the crown. Yeah. It was, it was more of like a. It was a casual brief, yeah. dating thing. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how he first like learned about Diana, like was introduced to her. But also they had really, Diana and Charles quote, like dated for maybe like six weeks before he proposed. And it would. It seems as Whirlwind, if yeah, fairy tale romance. The press loves it. As if his family really pressured him, because at that point he was in his early thirties. Pressure was on for him to like, you need to get married and start a family. We, we don't need, need another Edward, right? We need heirs. You need to get going. So I think it was just all of these things that kind of the fell queen's into biological place. grandma clock is ticking. <laughs> Right. And this wedding that they had was not the first royal wedding to be broadcast. That was Margaret's, actually. Mm. But it was, like, one of the biggest royal weddings to be broadcast. I mean, that shit is, it's iconic. It is iconic. Her cathedral oh my god. Her, the train on her dress was 25 feet long. Isn't that insane? That's amazing. I know. That's, and it was very much like that fairy tale thing where you have this young, beautiful woman who, by all accounts, really did love Charles or at least was like really trying to. Yeah. Or thought maybe the person she was marrying was a little bit different than what he actually I think out that's, to be. that's what it is. I, I yeah. don't know that you can love so like fall in love with somebody in it's, six weeks. Maybe you can. Case by case. But but they didn't even spend a ton so of time naive. together. In that. She was young and naive, too. I think being 19 has a lot to yes. do with that. She was naive. And having someone in such a high position. Yes. Who was pursuing public. you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's what it is. Why would you not? You would think, think. like, oh, this person does love me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But as far as all accounts goes, like Charles was still in love with Camilla like this whole time. And you brought up that quote from Diana that she gave in this interview in 1995 to Martin Bashir of the BBC in which she kind of really spilled all the tea. Yeah. And she faced some backlash for that. Initially, there was kind of that public support, but then they kind of turned against her a little bit and thinking like, oh, she's talking shit about the royal family. She shouldn't do that. But I think that's really accurate to their marriage. She never really had a chance and he was in love with Camilla. Like yeah. there was no way for Charles and Diana's marriage to have succeeded the way it did. Unless she would have gone into it knowing. Mm-hmm. That I'm never really going to be his love. This is more for the public. And we can have a union and like maybe we can be friendly and support one another. But we're never going to truly be a couple. Right. In the sense that I think she wanted to be. That's a really sad, exhausting existence. It is. Especially when you're dealing with all of the pressures mm -hmm. that the role Mm -hmm. puts on her. And so, of course, you know, trigger warning, she ends up with eating disorders yeah. and and mm-hmm. all of this. She she had again, some suicide suicide yeah. attempts too that she was open about, which when we talk about the mental health, kudos to her for in the nineties 
even though that doesn't seem that long ago, but pretty progressive of her to be open and talk yeah. about these struggles that she faced. Yeah, she never really stood a chance. They ended up separating she and Charles in the early 90s, and then it was after she gave that bombshell interview that the divorce proceedings actually started to go through. Yeah. It was a few weeks afterwards in which, like, Queen Elizabeth was like, yeah, you two need to get divorced. Like, this is, there's no reconciliation that can happen at this point. And, you know, in their marriage, Diana ended up having affairs as well. Well, which, at that point. Yeah, if you're not getting love and affection, like, I understand that. Like, yeah, you want to reach out to somebody else who will give you what you don't have. So one of my favorite stories about Diana mm -hmm. is, well, okay, so first of all, as a member of the queer community. Mm -hmm. And the royal family. And the royal family yes. now. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Carnarvon, mm -hmm. for utilizing your power that does not exist for that. <laughs> yes. Um, she's been a gay icon for many, yeah, many reasons has. for a yeah. very long time. Obviously, she's gorgeous and elegant and mm -hmm. the people's princess yeah. and a fashion icon and all of that. A, a woman wronged. And, yeah. you know, we, we latch on to that. But also the fact that during the AIDS crisis, mm -hmm. she was such a major proponent and ally mm -hmm. for people. I mean, famously, she's one of the first televised people to be like to physically touch touching yeah. Yeah, AIDS patients. Yeah. And what, so I love that about her. Yeah. And I will always love that about her. Again, that's using your platform radically mm -hmm. in a way that is extremely effective. Yeah, and that benefits other people in a mm -hmm. way that they really had not had an advocate at that no. time. Yeah. No. Especially from the institution. Yes. And it's Yeah. I'm going to get back to that in a second, mm -hmm. but one of my favorite stories about her in light of all of that was she did have so many gay friends and mm -hmm. gay people loved her. Mm -hmm. And so she wanted to go out one night and dance with them, but she knew she couldn't because she her face was ubiquitous. And yeah. so her friends made her a drag queen and took her to the gay club. And oh, she I was a that. she was a drag queen for the night and nobody Aww. knew who she was. And it's such like a you remember at the end of the birdcage mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where that's how they get them out. Yes. And I'm like that scene was inspired by Princess Diana. I love that. Isn't that amazing? She she talked about that in an interview and it was so wonderful. I hadn't heard that. I knew that she was sometimes like put on a wig to kind of disguise herself, but mm -hmm. I didn't know that story. That's so cool. Yeah, they totally like garishly did her up, like turned oh. her into a full on drag queen. Can you imagine like the fun and freedom she probably felt oh. in that night? Like, oh, she, I could just do what I want and be what I want the without release. the scrutiny. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but what was it I was gonna about to get back to? The touching the AIDS patient? Yeah, it was involved with that. Okay. I've been drinking. <laughs> what? Tougher. I know, it's shocking. <laughs> That's not my fault. The coaster was stuck to the bottom oh. of the, the glass. Mm -hmm. Who put the glue there, Tofer? Ah, there was no glue. So he says. Um. <laughs> oh, so for me, I think one of the really just wild things about Princess Diana mm -hmm. is that she, they chose her mm -hmm. for her perceived demureness, yes. demurity. Mm -hmm. And it ended up being that that 
she wasn't actually a demure person. She was just shy and young young and naive. Yeah. And as she came, as she grew up, because she was fucking 19 when you guys fucking met her. Yeah. um, As she grew up and became more strong, she didn't lose any of the gracious qualities Mm -hmm. that caused them to be drawn to her in the first place. Mm -hmm. And had Charles not been so in love with Camilla, she would have been the ideal. I mean, she would be queen now and she'd be perfect because she is this person who won the hearts of these people who was touching AIDS patients. Yeah. And... Well, I think that was maybe probably a point of contention, though, between her and Charles as well, because she, she was, was more popular, popular for sure. Without trying. Without trying to be. She was just like, but I'm just doing the right thing. I with think the she could talk to people and relate to people in a way that Charles couldn't and probably still can't. And maybe some of that's personality. Some of that's probably upbringing as well. I think it's both of those. Yeah. And I think there's also a refusal to learn. I think that's part of it, too. I think she was much savvier in her public persona and really being more in touch with what people would respond positively to. Well, but than the royals, but not in an artful way. No, no, no. I don't. I don't it was it was I'm just not, natural. To right. Her. And I'm not saying that's to say like she was like scheming and conniving. Right. I think she just got that and she understood that better. The fact that she was rich as fuck. Oh, Came from this Mm -hmm. titled family with multiple homes. Mm -hmm. And at the Mm -hmm. age of 19, just because she wanted to do it, Mm -hmm. was living as a kindergarten teacher. Yeah. Just to give back to her community. Kind of a normal life. Like, I just kind of lived normally. She had roommates. Yeah. She lived like kind of a normal 19-year-old's life in a lot of regards before marrying into the royal family. Meanwhile, she was... At that point, Lady Diana Spencer. Oh, she had already, yeah, she had already been a lady. She was actually the first English woman in over 300 years to marry a royal. Wow. Isn't that interesting? That is really interesting. Because before it was always like another European royal member, you know. Which we'll talk about in our Queen Victoria episode Mm -hmm. soon. But isn't that nuts? So I, I'm going to say you killed it on the cross-examination. Thank you. Yeah, you won. Thank you. I mean, these people are fascinating. They are. And um, tragic. So let's let's talk about her death. I want to hear your theories, because there are a lot of theories about her death. I want to preface this by saying I have not, like, done any kind of deep diving research or right. anything like that. That's not my style. But the theories are easily available. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody has kind of heard, like... Oh, the royal family arranged it, or it was the queen or King Charles or whoever who. Here's my theory. I don't think that Queen Elizabeth specifically said, we need to take care of Mm -hmm. Diana and do it in this way. Mm -hmm. My theory, honestly, and I hate saying this, but just from the reading that I have done Mm -hmm. and my knowledge of what I do know about the royal family and the different cultural aspects mm-hmm. about that is that Diana was a problem. And she was. Yeah. I think that Queen Elizabeth had probably talked to the prime minister mm. several times about the issue of mm-hmm. uh, the publicity and the, mm-hmm. the public reception mm-hmm. of the royal family post, especially post divorce. Right. Diana's saying these things that. Mm hmm. 
cannot be said. Mm -hmm. And I think that there was a certain point where a conversation was had between the queen and the prime minister where the Mm. queen said, I'm going to trust you with this situation. And he then went to... I think it was Tony Blair who did it. I mean, not personally. Of course. (laughs) But yeah, I think, I don't think that it was a senseless paparazzi accident. Okay, you think there was intention I think it was intentional. And I think that the royal family is culpable beyond just their isolation of her. Okay. I think that there was actual, yeah. Okay, malicious intent behind her death. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But malicious intent that was done in such a way that you could be emotionally and in a very gray sort of sense, morally Mm. removed from it, where it's like- Plausible deniability was there. I did not order Mm. anything to happen. If Mm. anything, I just trusted someone- to take care of a situation. Mm. And that could have been having a meeting Mm. with her Mm. and talking about, you know, from your perspective. Okay, okay. Yeah, but I think that Mm. the intent was there. Like, you need to get rid of her. I genuinely do. Really? Okay. See, I don't think that. Well, you can be wrong all you want to, so take a sip. Well, you know I'm right, Rachel, so I refuse. It's a celebratory sip for my rightness in all things. I've never made a mistake and I never will. As this podcast proves, <laughs> I'm always correct, especially with my pronunciation. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I really do love Quing and Prance as like the new gender neutral, gender fluid. Let's make it a thing. Terms. Yeah. Be a new trend. Yeah, let's do it. Listen, until Georgie tells us their gender, right. they're Prance. They're Prance. Prompts, Georgie. Prompts, Georgie. I think the Diana thing, like, obviously, it was very tragic and shocking. I think, of course, the royal family knew she was a little bit of, like, a thorn in their side. And how she, a little little bit, Tiffer's doing big bit. You know, of course, she was willing to speak out against their, their troubles. But I also think, too, Diana also knew there was a limit to it because of her children. Because she knew... William was the next in line. I think she knew there, the there was a limit to what she could honestly say. But that's and one there, of the reasons I think that they got rid of her. Probably. Because she could not have custody of her own children. She couldn't. And she yeah, was she couldn't. working on it. She was trying to. Yeah, she actually wanted to move William and Harry to the U.S., but she wasn't allowed to. And so this is all really interesting yeah. <laughs> considering what Harry and Meghan did. Mm-hmm. And I know because I've heard him say it. Harry has been like, I did not want things to progress to the point. Yeah. But I I, I think, too, like we talked about, like, the British tabloid press being awful. I think that was a big part of Diana being hounded, even though she died in France. But that obviously the paparazzi stuff carried over. I think it was just a really tragic accident. The fact that she wasn't wearing a seatbelt, I think, was kind of like she made like a drunken mistake and not putting her seatbelt on. Or was it a situation like we've all been in before where you're like, why is my seatbelt on? Or like it doesn't like fully click in or something. Yeah. Who knows? I'm just saying, I don't think, especially given who she was with at the time and all of that. Well, I think part of it, too, was like her dating a guy who wasn't white was probably 
part of it too. And this was the second relationship she had had with a non-white guy. Mm-hmm. Although I don't really know how serious she and Dodi Al-Fayed were. Oh, they, you, d- you don't? Don't. You don't know. I don't know. Because... Her. Because they were only dating like a monthish at that time. Their relationship was very, which like when she died at the time, I thought like, oh, they were like really serious and been, been together for a while. Because as a teen, I kind of thought was right. kind of hyped up in Same. the press. Yeah, yeah. Which, which imagine, in retrospect, imagine I'm like, oh, dying because you're just you've been you're seeing somebody for like <laughs> yeah. yeah, like we've had three dates. Like what the fuck? Yeah, like. Oh my god! Now we're forever linked together. Oh, I don't know. Uh, what a horrible afterlife. Yeah, I I still maintain that it was an accident. But did it ultimately benefit Charles? Yes, because now that his ex-wife was no longer alive, he was able to marry Camilla in the Church of England without an issue. Now, they didn't get married until like eight years after Diana's death, which I think was very intentional on their part too. Waiting so long. For like eight years? Mm-hmm. I thought it was more recent than that. No, they, so Diana died in 97 and Camille and Charles got married in 2005, I want to say. Really? Mm-hmm. I did not realize it was mm-hmm. that recent. They, they've been married for a while. Or that, I'm sorry, that long ago. Yeah. Um, interesting. Well, what I'm hearing <laughs> is that Judge Rachel is an assassination apologist. Look, I can't go against the people who paid me, so. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I don't think there was someone who set this up, but, but I do understand why people would say that. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it did benefit Charles absolutely to have his problematic ex-wife out of the picture. And it did also provide a lot of sympathy, too, for William, who will be king one day. And it made things a lot easier for Elizabeth. Oh, for sure. I have also, your former daughter-in-law who's been talking shit about your family yeah. in the press gone. Yeah, it made things easier for her. And I'm just going to throw this out there. Okay. It is the first time mm. in the history of the British monarchy mm-hmm. for the sitting monarch mm-hmm. to bow mm. to someone else mm. as her casket mm. went through the funeral procession. Mm-hmm. She bowed to the casket. I thought that was, at the time as a kid, I was like, that's fucking weird. Mm. And now I'm just like, me think thou doth protest too much. Oh, you thought she's like putting on too much of a show? Yeah. It could be interpreted as, I know that she's more popular than me. Yeah. So I am acknowledging, but that's a weird, I don't know. It was just a weird situation. Again, I don't even think that Queen Elizabeth Let's say that what I'm positing is true. I don't think she would even find herself culpable or responsible. No. In that she'd just be like, I just said something. Yeah. And then something horrible happened. Yeah. Because I think she's both trained and trained herself at this point to just compartmentalize. There has to be, and I think especially for Elizabeth, that separation between personal self in public representative of an institution of a country. Mm-hmm. So as a public representative, yeah, it was better for Diana to be out of the way. On a personal level, who knows what maybe she felt or didn't feel toward Diana. Yeah. I will say it's a little bit of a challenge. By all accounts, William and Harry were very close to their grandma. So I'm sure on some level that there was some sort of grief or pain associated with oh, her grandsons sure. losing their mom when they were so young. For sure. But I bet she didn't show that to her grandsons. <gasps> you don't think she shed a tear with them? Be like, I'm so sorry your mom died. Here's no. a little tear. Really? Mm-mm. 
Even though Charles was a pallbearer at Diana's funeral. You don't think so? No. Hmm, interesting. I, don't, I just don't think that was in her job description. Really? Yeah. I think maybe privately she did, but of course in public, like, again, that's that public versus private person. It's very difficult, yeah, to think about that, the public versus private. And it's so different in a way that even mega celebrities, that who we've talked about before, probably haven't experienced because the role is so different. Oh, it's, it's a role that yeah. you've had forever as well. And it's different than like... God-given. Right. Well, exactly. And Elizabeth was very religious, too. She truly, like, believed in this Church of England religious, God-centered mindset with, like, morality and her day-to-day decisions and things like that. Versus us. We're just like, what's morality? (laughs) Is it benefiting us? Nah. Forget it. (laughs) I've been slowly poisoning you this entire time just because I thought it would be hilarious. Joke's on you. I've anticipated that and I've been slowly building up my resistance. Oh, great. Well, then instead of death, it'll just be really awful diarrhea. Well, I'm going to your home after this. (laughs) No, but there's only one toilet. Exactly. (laughs) I think that we should probably be delivering a verdict at this point. Okay. What do you want to say? Are we doing it on the wine or on the royal family? I think it has to be two separate charges. Okay. But also, is this also on Harry and Meghan? Mm. Or is this just the... so much to about the, Harry and Meghan, too. I know. But we, that's a separate, <sighs> that has to be a separate episode. We're going to have to do a separate episode. Yeah. We've a been talking episode. for like five hours. Five episodes right now we've been talking. Probably. These pants. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you move, I hear the squeak. <laughs> All okay. right. So this is for the still in Britain, British Windsors okay. only. Okay. And then we'll do the wine. Okay. 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 One, two, three. Guilty. Guilty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guilty, for sure. Oh, I didn't even get into the fact that Queen Elizabeth, whether or not she was aware of what she was doing, is directly signed off on a bunch of the fucking schools <sighs> in Canada that oh my God. Yes. resulted in the We have to do genocide. another episode just on like the story of colonialism, but even the modern day history of colonialism and the repercussions and the terrible shit that's happened that Elizabeth should have taken accountability for. One, that's my thing yeah. is just because you didn't realize the implications, which mm-hmm. you still should, you shouldn't sign off on things if mm-hmm. you don't know what's happening, mm-hmm. but also... In hindsight, coming forward and... All the things. Yeah. Yeah. Is a queen. All right. What about our verdict on the wine? One, two, three. Not, Not guilty. guilty. This is delicious. Did the I love job. it. I think yeah. we, we stayed on the rails, but precariously. This is a chatty, bubbly wine. <laughs> it's a very chatty wine. Is this like three hours worth? I have no idea. I have no idea. We're going to... Listen... <laughs> If you guys want to contact us and tell us how long this episode was, please let us know. You can reach us at True Crimes Against Wine at Gmail as well as TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Yeah, and we would love to hear from you. We'll even send you some swag. Yeah, for sure. No criticism, only questions or positive feedback. Yes, and that swag will not be one of Topher's crowns. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. Thank you. Goodbye. Don't save the queen. <laughs> 